random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome everyone to The Marvelists Presents Moon Knight. It's not a Moon Knight phase, Dad. Oh, episode four. Yes, we are talking about The Tomb, which just launched this week, this Wednesday, on the award-winning Disney+. Plus. I'm Peter Malnick. I'm Eddie Wilson. And joining us on the other end of the tin cannon string, we are joined with our returning guest co-host, me, Matt. You too, but... I wasn't Matt, here for episode three. We got Matt Cascone. Hey, what's going on? And Ryan Michael. Hello, everyone. So on this episode, like I said, we are talking episode four of Moon Knight. And to be completely honest, ladies and gentlemen, I liked last week's episode. The episode itself, not the episode of Moonsplaining, the Marvelous Presents a Moon Knight podcast. That was a fine episode. Thanks again to Dave Sirius for guesting on the program. But with this one... This had a much more fuller kind of episode. A lot more was going on. Whereas last week, you know, Matt, you had mentioned it was kind of a dud episode, wasn't it? I definitely compared, like, I loved the first two episodes. Same. And then episode three, I watched my parents. I'm sitting next to my mother right now in the <laughs> car. And I think we all agreed that episode three was kind of weak. Isn't that right, Mom? My mom is nodding her head that, yes, episode three, it wasn't bad, but compared to the other two, was was not as good. It could have been better. Ryan? But episode four, I think, is definitely, like, back on track. Uh, Ryan? I Yeah, I think episode four is certainly the strongest episode so far. Um, I'm being a little critical of the show so far. I don't know what it is for me. Something is not, uh, there's no glue pulling all the elements together for me. Um, Oscar Isaac is killing it. Uh, he's doing an amazing job as the, let's just say, two characters for right now. Um, and I, that was my favorite moment of episode four, was seeing the inter, uh, in both the beginning, uh, early and, the, and then the, the end of the episode, seeing Steven and uh, Mark interact was certainly my favorite part of the episode. Well, you don't want to leave Mark um, in the dark, isn't that right, Eddie? Don't even. I just have to put give a small little small 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 a little bit of schmutz. Little input on episode three since I was stuck back in Latveria, and uh, how was it by the way? I'm getting frequent flyer miles, so it's a benefit there. That's um, good. What what is the uh, the benefit? Is it like less torture? It is. <laughs> they're they're more getting used to me now, and it's a good thing. And I'm and I'm just trying to infiltrate the uh, you know the doom quarters as best I can and report back because he may return. He just keeps it keeps happening. It's very true. So. I think, though, the couple of things that stuck out for me for episode three were, as it was mentioned on the episode, the mention of Madripoor. Oh, my God. Um, I also I didn't know about Mooney having a bulletproof cape when he shielded um, Layla with well, it. Wouldn't you? I mean, that's just super cool. Not just that it, you know the tendrils come together for that costume. Now, are you talking about episode three or episode four? This is three. Just very brief highlights before we jump into four. And, and of course, the he's impaled, and those spears are now gone. Okay, how'd that happen? Whatever. Uh, and then Khonshu and Steven turning back to stars. How cosmic is that? Oh, and then I like I liked the reference to the moonerangs. That was very cool. 
Well, one thing that you you all did, not the episode itself. One thing about last or this episode, I feel. Well, let, Ryan, you said that you're not really sure about this show so far. You know, it hasn't like stuck for you. Would you say this show is much more beneficial as a one and done binge it all through, or is it better? Do you think it's going to be better as a weekly thing? Um, it's hard to even say right now because I think my biggest problem with the show is be is it distance itself from the MCU. Uh, to try to kind of be its own thing, whether yeah. it's the first step in a whole other, you know, off branch of like Marvel Knights or uh, Midnight Suns or whatever they're trying to do with the more horror aspect. I think for me, it's just that I'm so used to getting uh, to dialing that dial up to 11 right away. And this is a very slow burn show. Um, it is is starting off, you know, instead of just getting a ton of superhero action, there's Indiana Jones elements. There's a split personality element, and there's all these other things that are kind of um, not getting in the way, but keeping it from being just a pure superhero show. Would you say um, the show is for the dogs? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Where's my Baja man when I, I need it? You, speaking that's of random dogs. sound effects, don't, don't uh, when you were talking about the cape and everything, I think that's one of my, my biggest problems with the show is the sound. I don't know what it is for me. It's just not... It, it doesn't do it for me. I watched about five minutes, or let's not quote a time. I watched the opening of The Batman, and immediately when Batman's throwing punches, I was like, ooh, ah, ooh, that, that must have hurt. Mm-hmm. When Moon Knight throws punches, I feel nothing. Wow. So I don't know what it is. It's the Foley effects. It's the shots. It's the angles. I don't know what it is, but I just don't feel it has the gravitas of, like, when he's supposed to be kicking ass and we're all supposed to be sitting at home with our jaws on the floor, I'm like... Man, it just doesn't inspire me. It doesn't make me fear for the vigilant, uh, the villains. Um, uh, Like Eddie said, he magically just took off his mask, yelled out the girl's name, put his mask back on, and the spears are gone somehow. So I don't know. There's just uh, a little attention to details or something that's not. It doesn't have the the normal Marvel polish. I feel most of their projects have. See, connect for him. Well, tell that to the guy that he smashed at the end of the first episode in the bathroom. My thing is, in regards to the <laughs> second episode at least, is the lighting. Like, you're saying sound is an issue from you. Lighting is a major issue. And don't get me wrong, this new this episode, episode four, takes place primarily in a tut with a bunch of dead bodies exhumed. But it's dark, and I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. And that can be a very major problem for a lot of these shows. Lighting needs to be something that should be addressed, and... That's why I don't like I don't want to, you know, kick somebody while they're down, but look at the DCEU where almost everything is hard to make out. It's there's just a visual element that needs to be corrected and lighting is one of them. You need to tell a story by actually seeing what the hell you're looking at. Well, they put tents over everything in the DC movies. I'm just glad we didn't get like a sepia tone, like, ooh, we're in Egypt, everything has to be yellow. You know? That I'm like, surprised they didn't do. I, I'm in agreement with you. And that it's a cliche. You, you know, after a while, like, mix it up, do something different. And, you know, you pointed that out. That is a good thing that they didn't rely on. And, you know, one thing in regards to this episode as well that I really appreciated was the end of the episode where we're going into Stephen Mark's subconscious and just going in with everything of what that is and that whole, you know, the white, you know, uh, the all white 
uh, mental in- health institution. Mm-hmm. And we're see- we open it, and Matt, you were the one that brought it up to me via text. The whole aspect ratio change. We're going from by, from uh, 16 by 9 to 4 by 3, you know, like a little uh, television. You know, watching on Turner Classic Movies in like 1995 and just watching that visual of like, <laughs> ooh, what's going on? And it's it's very much like a romancing the stone or uh, what do you call it? Uh, like an Indiana Jones type of thing. And just I like seeing that. And, oh, that's where he got the Stephen Grant name. And it makes sense because that Stephen Grant is a complete 180 of what the actual quote unquote Stephen Grant is. This heroic kind of, you know, manly man. Whereas you have Stephen with the goldfish going like, oh, hey, hey, how are you guys doing over there? He's a simp. Yeah, 100% a simp. A simp. I've heard a great, uh, a great theory is that Stephen is everything Mark thinks his wife deserves. I thought you were going to go do a, a Charles Foster King. Hmm. I am everything that you hate. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's apparently someone, you know, and I, I would tend to agree with it, is, is that he somehow made Stephen everything. I, I forget the wife's name. That's why I keep avoiding it. Layla? Layla. Yeah, Layla. Sure. Felt, you know, he had this guilty conscience, as we learned in episode four. He's got a guilty conscience. So what did he do with all that guilt? He moved away, and he wanted to reinvent himself, but he reinvented himself as Layla's dream guy. He's sweet. He's sensitive. He's an archaeologist. Suave. Um, English. He loves the same thing she loves. So... I thought that was actually one of the better. When some when I heard that on some video, I was like, oh, well, that makes me like Steven a lot more. Well, now, on the previous episode, we had talked about the theory. And once again, even just now recently with the uh, Doctor Strange Into the Multiverse of Madness uh, trailer everything, there's a face and people are suspecting now it's everyone's favorite M-named character. Yes, I'm talking about Mephisto. And everyone, there's the theory going around that Haro is Mephisto. I'm just going to debunk that. No, that's just stupid. Now, we go over to the other one, though, that I've heard, and it's stupid, but I kind of like it, and I kind of want to see this, mostly because I'm all about those dank maymays. The rumor that Haro is supposed to be Dr. Acula. Hmm. Do you guys see that being a possibility? I know, of course, I'm referring to Dracula, mm-hmm. just in case you know no one out there got that it was Dr. Acula. Blah. Yeah, I thought you were referencing the old Scrubs reference. Oh, I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. But do you guys think um, that Dracula could be a possibility? I've I've heard rumors from it's a Von Doom. He's a descendant of the Doom family because of uh, that whole German scene. Um, I've I've heard all kinds of theories. Um, I, I think he's just who he is. I think he's just Harrow. Yeah. I I think um, I don't think there's many layers to this guy. I don't think he has to be a hidden thing because. I think the hidden thing is we're going to see him become an avatar. Oh, but Ryan, um, we have to have all original characters, you know, be actually just characters from the source material. You can't have an original character <laughs> in something. Well, I mean, there is a Harrow. I don't, yeah. I'm not a Moon Knight expert by any means. I know some of my friends are diehards, so I'm offending them right now. But um, <laughs> I, I don't know a, a ton about him, but I know Harrow is a character, and he's, I think, just a, a crazy German... Um, evil scientist. I think he just like experiments on people and stuff from, from my limited research. You are correct because I'm currently going through 1981 Spider-Man and a few issues before, I think in a Marvel team up, he goes against the evil Dr. Harrow, who is a mad scientist. It's either, it's either Marvel team up or spectacular. And it was really weird to see the arc. I'm like, Oh, this does not look like all the other style. I like it, but it's weird, but he's a doctor. What's going on? I'm going to keep reading. And keep reading, he did. 
And I just wanted to finish that story so that way you all knew I was still reading it. All right, good to know. <laughs> I, I'm really not, yeah, I'm not a big Moon Knight guy either. Like, I've read a few comics with him. but like, get I've out. Never really, <laughs> I've never followed his story extensively. Um, so, I mean, like, I know, I'm sure you talked about episode three, the, the guy, who, the actor who unfortunately passed away, who was introduced in that uh, episode, like, his character becomes... Uh, Midnight Man. What, Midnight Man. Yeah, so, like, I'm sure you already discussed that. He's but, fighter um, of the uh, morning man. Ah. Why don't they just call him Midnight? <laughs> I mean, he's moon, there's Moon Knight, and then there's Midnight. Why, why has he got to be Midnight Man? It seems redundant. <laughs> mm. Glad I could help. Just to make it a little bit different than just Midnight. And I'm lo- I'm actually on Marvel Unlimited right now looking for anything with Midnight Man, and nothing is popping up for, like, the character. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I found 3D Man. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Marvel, Thanks for those three books, by the way. Marvel Eddie. Premiere, that's right. How about Video Game Man? You see him on there? No, but I found Manorin and Janice the Nega Man. And Stilt... Oh, hell yeah, Stilt Man. How about Lady Stilt Man? <laughs> oh, I love Lady Stilt Man. My favorite thing was I had a conversation with somebody about uh, Hawkeye, and then I go call Kate Bishop Lady Hawkeye, and they go, why do you have to call him Hawkeye? It's, she's Hawkeye. I'm like, it's a joke! Jesus! <laughs> Stop. <laughs> But anyway, so with this episode also, it's a lot more of that kind of uh, Indiana Jones-style action, which I've been wanting to see something like this in the MCU for a very long time, and to be able to see that kind of action in this, I'm very appreciative of. And I feel like, you know, Matt, you're a big fan of the Uncharted movie, or of the Uncharted games, and you just saw the Uncharted movie fairly recently. Yeah. It's kind <laughs> of funny. They did more of an Uncharted movie in this than they did in the actual Uncharted movie itself. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that, for sure. Just that whole treasure hunting element and the thrills and chills behind any corner, including weird, creepy hands that need moisturizer. But Yeah, yeah, definitely the, um, yeah, there was, yeah, none of that in Uncharted, but definitely that in Moon Knight, for sure. And if there were any other characters in the MCU that, you know, have yet to be revealed and have their debut... Ryan and Matt, who would you have be in the form of like a Indiana Jones type of character? Oh, well, I mean, all you got to do is put a hieroglyphic that looks a little like Apocalypse and blow everyone's effing mind. So <laughs> That would be interesting. I would you know, like th- that. That, that that's not a hard Easter egg to do. You just got to make sure he's got a little purple in the in the the, the details and uh, you know, enough tubing to let you know it's Apocalypse, but I think something like that. I've seen other uh, rumors that they people think have they have found um, what's his name Kang's Egyptian persona, Ratatat or something like that. Oh, Ramatut. I think Ratatat yeah, is Ramatut. a better name though. I, yeah, it's it's kind of cool. It's kind of <laughs> catchy. I haven't listened to Ratatat in years. I love Ratatouille oh, yeah, personally. I um. I think it's just cool that they did the gods. I was disappointed in the gods uh, when you guys called the third episode a dud. That was the dud. That was the biggest drop of that dud for me. Um, those, I, you could have done it similarly, but with a higher budget and a little fancier where there was like a shadow of the god behind them. So you would see the human talk and the shadow god behind them would be talking at the same time, mirroring their movements, kind of like um, that one character from... Uh, um, my Hero Academia with, with Dark Shadow. So I thought it would just be really cool to see the gods themselves behind the avatars 
just doing the blinking lights thing and mm. cha- and pretending, oh, I'm now possessed, just felt a little cheap, like a like a CW show. I have seen it so many times on Supernatural and Smallville and all these other shows where it's like, how do we introduce new characters, but without actually hiring new actors? Oh, we'll just do a possession episode. So I just would have really loved to have seen a little more gravitas from the Egyptian gods, a little more magic, a little more uh, higher budget special effects than just doing, oh, blinking, blinking headlights. I'm a different guy now. Hmm. Well, we still have two more episodes, so who knows what's going to happen. Um, I think just from the beginning of this episode, when you had the upside-down shot and then it right-sided up and you had the little statue being carried in to one of those squares, I want to say, um, I didn't realize there were so many of either the same statue or maybe it was a representation of so many gods, um, you know, in all that wall full of, of squares that were kind of backlit and, and you put a statue into each one of them to start off with. Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting because I was just kind of like, okay, we've got two gods that are imprisoned, and then there's all these other little statues. And I'm like, wait, are there a bunch of other different gods that are imprisoned that we don't know about? Yeah. Are right. these them? Like, what's going on here? But maybe that'll get explained as well. And, and then, you know, as, as I'm going along the episode, of course, taking notes here, when, when Mark is telling Stephen, you lay a hand on her, meaning Layla, I'll throw us off a cliff. How believable, you know. Is Mark going to live that fall either? I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. Right. Okay. I agree. But in regards but, to yeah. the boop, boop, boop. But I just, I think with this episode, we're at a point where it's it's odd. The show is still trying to find its footing. And we're four episodes in and the series is almost over is now the point they should really be, you know, it should have been established by this point. Somewhat, yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there, Yeah, your I penultimate there, there episode in... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, we still have... We we're still figuring out, you know, we've got Mark, we've got Conchu, and we've got Steven. And then, of course, like, if you know, if you know anything about Moon Knight, there's Jake, the other personality. And Jake and... has been teased. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jake's been very teased. I mean, everyone's saying that that in the hospital, in the mind at the end of the episode, there was that other sarcophagus that was shaking, and everyone's just like, ooh, ooh, that's Jake. And I'm just like, eh, I think it's Willem Dafoe, but that's just me. Well, somebody pointed out something with a mustache, and had either of you guys heard about that? Um, no. No. Supposedly, there's a shot of uh, a guy with a mustache, and that's supposed to indicate Lockie. So. Yeah. Okay. Supposed to indicate who? Jake Lockie. Oh, okay. I thought you said Loki, but like with a weird accent. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what accent would that be? <laughs> We're offshoot English? I don't know, but like I assume Jake's going to have some sort of like New York, maybe Bronx accent. This show is brought to you by our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash themarvelists. And on the $3 tier, you'll get access to episodes early and ad-free. The $5 tier gets you our two bonus shows. One, Fantastic Voyage, where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues, one by one, although if it's a storyline more than one at a time, of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's amazing, incredible, spectacular, invincible, and fantastic run of the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And... Two, you haven't read that? A show dedicated to the comic books that I haven't read yet. Some Marvel, some DC, all 
Fun! And on the $8 tier, pick a topic of your choosing, not a topping of your choice. Or perhaps you can be a guest on The Marvelists. Above all else, we thank you for your continued support. Could, could Matt, I love when you do New York accents. Could you do one? Just say, get out of my way, or get, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. here. There we go. <laughs> now we have to bring in Ryan for that. Ryan, you're a voiceover actor. I want to hear your best. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Now I want you both to have an argument with each other about who's walking where. <laughs> Look at this guy over here. I'm walking hey, where here. Where you going, buddy? I'm walking here. Where are you hey, going? I'm going to your mom's house. Where are you going? Now, Eddie, I want you to be the mediator between the two of them. <laughs> you stop that. But look at this gobble over here. I ain't got time for this. I gotta go drive my cab. I love that gobble with little provolone. You kidding me? Well, Eddie, that's a terrible Ronald Reagan that well. Willem Dafoe, if you saw, was that Willem Dafoe seemingly was on set of Moon Knight, probably for no reason, but. It's literally yeah. just friends hanging out, and I love how the internet immediately sees that and goes, oh my God! It's like. The photo got leaked. What do you think is going to happen? Well, I just think it's fun. I think people are, are having fun with it in general. Oh, yeah. Like, I, obviously, I don't think anyone who you know, has a brain thinks Norman Osborn is going to show up in Moon Knight. Matt, in the interest of fairness, Mephisto has been a thing for over a year and a half now. Do you really put it past the internet anymore? But, I mean, like, it was, <laughs> I, we should have gotten Mephisto. Like, I, I don't get uh, Let's not even go down that road. Gentlemen, how would you pitch Mephisto coming into the MCU? Fire. Good enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, sadly, you would have to go kind of the route that everyone's assuming they're going to go and have it be a total blindside where it's another character first. Um, Wait a minute, a, blind, a blindside? Does that mean, uh, what's her name, Sandra Bullock, is going to help out a football player? Uh-huh. I would watch that movie. Hey, man, if Sandra Bullock was the devil, I'd, I'd you know, I'd hear what she has to say. So. We all would. <laughs> that reminds me of what was that movie um, with uh, Elizabeth Hurley when she was the devil, Bedazzled. Wow, I haven't thought about that movie that in right? years. Okay. Yeah, with Brendan Fraser. Hmm. So, so I would do something like that. I think they have to introduce it where... You meet the character. You like the character. There's something charismatic about the character. There's something off. You can't put your finger on it. You know, almost like a, a, um, Jack Nicholson in a, a Witches of Eastwick. Like, you, you, you know that guy's up to no good. You know he's up to something. And, you know, of course, you later find out he's the devil. So mm-hmm. I just think it would be cool to have a really charismatic character, maybe has too much power, either magically or politically or financially, where he's always pulling strings, helping someone. And then, of course, that guy you keep going to for favors that's been helping you out of all these jams is Mephisto. I like that. Yeah. Well, in you know, similar vein thought, whatever the word is, Harrow talking to Layla, telling her about her father, causing her to confront Stephen, what happened to my father. And up until this time, Stephen was able to keep Mark suppressed. But by her asking him about her father, Mark comes through. That was like, wait a minute, that was quick. Would they cut something out here? I, I did notice he was able right, to grab right control button. pretty easily at that part. Yeah, it just seemed like a quick little turnaround or whatever. Um, and then the other thing, of course, we're not sure. I think what's happening is 
a harrow shooting mark twice. I can't save anyone who won't save themselves. And that, you know, descent into and through the water. And here we are again into the big white lit hospital type room playing bingo and, you know, uh, ankle strapped to the wheelchair. I loved that scene, by the way, just that whole overall the chaos that's going on inside of Mark slash Steven slash Mooney slash Conchu slash the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon, all the characters, just that how they're interacting and viewing the world. This is their inner subconscious. And you're also seeing, you know, where all of these things kind of originate, like that whole, you know, the element we talked about with Stephen Grant being this rugged adventurer. And Moon Knight is literally, and I was dying when I saw it, the Moon Knight costume comes from him holding an action figure. That's the only real Moon Knight in this episode is the small figure, yes. And by the way, fun fact, that is the 2020 Marvel Legends Walgreens exclusive, which, Hasbro, I love you. I love everything you're doing, but why the hell would you make that an exclusive to a store that you can't find? That is the, (laughs) it was the dumbest ever, and the pre-order was next to impossible to get. Like, you had to get it. I lucked out on getting my pre-order, but... I canceled it when I actually went into it. One Walgreens, the only time I've ever seen it in person, and I bought both. And then we ended up taking the second one and actually gave it away on our show. So, uh-huh. yeah, because I'm not going to. I heard a vicious. Oh, go ahead. I heard a vicious rumor about that figure. What is it? That is apparently they could not get the Moon Knight figure for the set. The rumor is that is actually Mattel's. Uh, Skeletor from Masterverse Revelations, and they painted it white, and there's tin foil around the face. It looks like the Marvel Legends, though. See now, now, okay. So I'm I'm on the worldwide interweb, so hold on. Moon Knight, He Man. Pretty solid. It looked like the Marvel Legends, just right down to the white. But it definitely had a cross. No, you, tape, if you look very closely, you can tell it's handmade. Tape, does it? Yeah, uh, correct. It does not have a cloth cape. So yeah. this guy has a soft goods cape, and you can see that the face is clearly messed with. Like you can see that it's clearly a homemade action figure. I would like Apparently, to say for... they used. A... Well, I'd like to state for the record, I it's love just... that you use the term soft goods. Thank you for that. We know we know <laughs> somebody is a toy head in the room when uh-oh, we hear soft uh-oh. goods. <laughs> I exposed myself on radio. <laughs> Another medium. It's just plain old audio, and that would not be me with the with the reference. But you know, you're seeing this first. I'd have to go back and look at it again, which I probably will. But it seemed like it was a bit of a distance to say, "Oh, that's a figure of from Moon. a distance." Anne Murray, yes, I no, love that. No, you get that wrong again. But ben it was Midler. her who covered it, sir. It was her who covered it. Whatever. Okay, I'm gonna pull up the infomercial next time. Now. I just didn't get the. Let's get to the ending that you know makes the two <laughs> marks. And Stephen who embrace and hug and what scream when they see what a, a hippo with, with a lovely voice. Yes. Hello. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah, she had a very uh, California light. Uh, Hello. Hi. <laughs> there was a, a little valley girl to that hippo. And it makes me wonder what this character is going to mean in the next episode. Because by the way, when this episode, when this series came out for review for a lot of the different uh, media outlets, they watched the first four episodes. So could you imagine for four weeks, you've been wondering about a damn hippo and you can't say a single thing to anybody. And you're just like, hippo, hippo, what could the hippo be? Very true. I don't get it. 
Well, I assume the Hippo next episode is going to explain things to Mark and Stephen, and then we're going to see whatever's in that last sarcophagus. Well, within Stephen or Mark's mind, it's a tea party, so there we go. I would imagine. It is a lot to demand of this episode because the penultimate lately has been the craziest episode of these shows. You know, that was the craziest episode of Loki. That was the craziest episode of uh, WandaVision when we find out about Agatha. So these penultimates have been the the info dumps, the big reveals, the big twists, the big action scenes. So I'm just really nervous to see how they're going to because um, they, you know, they, they kind of went on this detour now where it's not the same show it's been for the last three and a half episodes. So not only do we have to go on this brief detour into what we assume is Mark's splintered mind, yep. but we have to now make it awesome by the end of it. We have to not only figure out what's going on, but we have to figure it out and make it amazing by the end. Um, so that, that's a lot to ask for in a 45-minute or hour episode. Yeah. Where where do you both see this going with the penultimate, the final, final episode? Um, my guess is that we find the trio reach a harmony. And when they need the knowledge, they go to Steven. When they need the, um, the spec op skills, they go to Mark. And when they need outright violence, they go to uh, Jake. And the three somehow just work together. Also, they've been foreshadowing um, at the end of every episode, the moon in the credits is getting fuller. So by the final episode, I assume we're going to have a full moon moment where Mark Khonshu is back somehow. And they are now uh, Moon Knight more power, you know, at his most powerful because it's the full moon. Matt, how about you? Um, I mean, I would say we're probably going to get Conchu before that. And I'm not saying you're saying specifically that we're not going to see Conchu till the last episode. But I imagine we're going to see Conchu by the end of the next episode. Because, I mean, like, what, Mark's gotten shot? we got to somehow, like, figure that out. Mm-hmm. Like, how does he survive? Um, but I imagine he, I think by the end of all of it, we'll probably see, see more of Jake. I think that's my my takeaway i think we're gonna see more butts because there is a full moon on the way and jake <laughs> as the driver will have to take everybody out of the set and off this off to uh beyond new york perhaps. never never land that's a great possibility yeah i love metallica i love the uh, um evolution of the moon the phasing so i think that's going to be a good prominent thing and it'll become the uh, cover of issue number one from 1980 or 79 whatever well eddie when the moon hits your eye like it a big a pizza pie that's Dean Martin. No, that's Amore, Eddie. Oh, I'm yo. walking here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I think though, like Ryan said, we're we're hitting a uh, a turning point, or we're making a turn in the series. Where where we're gonna go from here? For me, it's like scratching my head at the end of this, and with this hippo, and saying, "Do I know this character from anything?" And maybe you know, I will. You know the character from Madagascar. <laughs> Henrietta Hippo. <laughs> I don't know. They're ballerina. There's hippos throughout all cartoon land, I think. Oh, I just love Hip Hop Anonymous. See? There's another. So, gentlemen, overall, I like this episode. I thought it was a hoot for what it was. Obviously, a massive improvement over last week's episode, which it had a lot more substance to it. It had a lot more fun and just a lot more visually striking moments that overall this series needs. Although, again, you know, in hand with uh, some of the points Ryan had brought up in regards to just 
it doesn't flow with certain things, you know, just with that, you know, the sound mixing for certain parts, as well as, again, for myself, the visual element of it's kind of hard to see stuff, but then again, put it hand in hand, it's nighttime, but then again, there's other things that come around that are taking place at nighttime. Kind of want to make it a little bit more visually appealing, ladies and gentlemen, but... I digress. Yeah, well, I, especially I it. when you get Layla in the desert in the dark by herself fighting and you're seeing her stamina and so on. Um, yeah, it's it's tough. It's it's very hard to And you're to in say. a tomb, for God's sake. But overall, I liked it. I thought, you know, for what it was, what we're getting with this series so far, I'm intrigued. And I, I would definitely give this a solid four out of five. Ditto. And that's now, all I have to say about that. Eddie, give your thoughts on the episode. Thoughts. Very well done, I think. Better, you know, because three was just kind of a uh, mid-tempo. Let's let, let's bring it down. Let's just have, move things along a little bit. Maybe some development here and there, some little odd thing, whatever it is. But, but uh, very hippo. No, I enjoyed the very hippo very much. I enjoyed the way it it moved along. Um, you know, just wondering why some things had to be either slow or, like I said in the beginning, upside down. So things are going to get weird. Maybe that was a premonition of the episode later when we get into the psyche of Stephen Mark. And the hippo. And some other uses of the other personality being shown, whether it's a rearview mirror or a puddle of water, whatever. How great would it be if it was revealed that it was a hippo all along? That who was? Moon Knight. Moon Knight's a hippo. I would watch that. Apparently. I'd be annoyed on the internet later on, but, you know, I digress. (laughs) But now, Ryan, what are your thoughts on this episode? I overall, it's the strongest episode by far. Um, every element went, I think, as far as the elements should go. Um, when it wanted to be horror, it was actually scary. You know, Layla's right there listening to the visceral sounds of that guy being mummified Ooh. while still alive. You know, like when they wanted to be scary and dark and upsetting dramatic, uh, dramatically, you know, Harrow really got to her. You could tell he really broke Layla. Um, when you wanted to see the connection between Stephen and Mark, they did that, you know, rivalry punch in the, in the, the one scene, and then they kind of mm. hug and make up at the end. So I just feel it finally went to the extremes I kind of always wanted the show to go to. Um, still needs a little fine-tuning here and there, but this was certainly the strongest, and if every episode was as good as episode four, I would love the series. So um, my, my biggest complaint, and I know it's Disney, I know it's Disney+, Plus. I know I'm not going to get it, so it's kind of a moot complaint, but the guy's throwing these, you know, the sound, the Foley guy is always doing a sinking in sound, like a person's being hit by a dagger. There's never any blood. Uh, the, they, they visually show the moon orangs bouncing off people, so I don't know why we're doing the Foley effect of a sinking in dagger sound like they've been impaled when we clearly see the visual of it bouncing off their hands. Mm. So it, that's one of my weakest things is like, when it's supposed to be Moon Knight tearing people apart, there's no blood, and it just doesn't feel as epic as it should. But, I mean, with Steven reaching into that mummy, um, Mr. Exa- uh, Mr. the Great, um, that, was the, that was the intensity and the, the, the Foley work I always wanted to hear because you heard every crack of bone, every tendon being ripped open. Like, that was the Foley work I wanted to hear the whole time. That's it. <laughs> now, finally, Matt. Oh man, uh, well, great recaps, recaps from everybody. I definitely shouldn't go last, but here, here I am. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's great that this episode seems to, you know, bounce back from episode three, and the fact that this episode didn't even get to rely on Conchu, like on Moon Knight, 
So, like, I definitely applaud them for that, that they were able to, you know, you know, it's like you had an episode of Moon Knight that we all seemingly really enjoyed, but it didn't actually have Moon Knight in it. So that's, you know, that's, I think that's a, an accomplishment in and of itself. Uh, just really looking forward to seeing where else it goes. And, uh, you know, I, I think we also got some, we got some interesting, like, we didn't talk a lot about Oscar Isaac, and um, I, I'm sorry, I don't know Layla, the actress. I, 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 she's, she's new to me. I should have looked up her name, so I apologize. But um, I think they had some interesting moments together. They had, they've had this, this whole series, but obviously, you know, they had some, you know, romantic scenes together in this episode. So their chemistry is, like, they, they have chemistry, but it's kind of like an unusual chemistry just based on, you know, Oscar Isaac portraying Stephen, who's, you know, like, like I, don't, I don't have to go into it, but you get it. So, yeah, just looking forward to more. Eddie again? No. His first, her first name is May. I won't attempt to pronounce her last name. She's, Cal- yeah, she's Kalamawi. actually Egyptian, right? Kalam- Kalamawi, I think it is. I'm sorry? She's actually, she is Egyptian, like the, the actress. I would agree, yes, yes. Reminds me of the uh, uh, the main actress. I can't think of her name now. That was in uh, the the other Brendan Fraser movie, uh, The Mummy. Oh, Rachel um, Weisz. Rachel Thank you. Weiss. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, she does give a very similar energy. I'm glad you said that. It's been driving yeah. me nuts. <laughs> oh, okay. You're welcome. <laughs> so, uh, now, gentlemen, thank you once again for coming along for this ride for whatever I call this episode of Moon Knight for the show. Because obviously it changes every single week. Moon phase. What, beginning to end of the episode, it changes too? Gosh darn it. And I think, though, for the lack, you know what, for the lack of Moon Knight that we had in episode four, we'll maybe compensate and get more more satisfying and be like, we'll be satisfied with five and six with being more a more excessive amount of Moon Knight. Is it wrong that I'm perfectly fine with the amount of Moon Knight that's been utilized in the show so far? I feel like at this point, the little you utilize, the more impactful his character appearances will be. Oh, yeah. I think that's it's a very important thing, and it's that's why a lot of the Batman movies fail at that because it's like, oh, cool, he's already Batman. Whoop de doo! I get that. I don't need to see the whole. Why do we fall, Master Wayne? But you know, like I don't care. But at the same time, I'm just like, do anything else other than that. You know, like build up, build up. Well, there's a lot to build here. I mean, yeah. you know, you have got Mark, Stephen, and Jake, so there's like three personalities you gotta gotta utilize. And just like the avatars, Mooney has headlights too. <laughs> Only larger. If you can't you, you got you got four people. So we gotta we gotta hope for the finale. The four of them work together, and we see uh, Moon Knight at his best. So once again, gentlemen, thank you so much for guesting on this program at such short notice. We really appreciate your input for this episode and assisting us on this Mooney Looney episode. My pleasure. Yeah, happy to help. Thanks for having us. Now, how can people get a hold of you both on social media? Matt, you go first this time. Sure, sure. Uh, I'm at Mean Streak Matt. I'm mostly on Instagram, but that's basically my social media handle is Mean Streak Matt. Also, if you like Lego, I have a Lego themed Instagram at Matt Minifig. Ryan. 
I am at Ryan Michael Toon on pretty much everything. I mostly uh, chat to friends on Twitter and Instagram, but feel free to hit me up or whatever. Especially if you're a fan of the MCU, I do lots of silly impressions and stuff. Like I've done the Kingpin a few times, Mr. Melnick. Mr. Melnick. And I got to point out, by the way, you have a group on Facebook, the MCU crew. And I want to bring more attention to that group because that group is a invaluable source of information and just a great hub for fans of the MCU. Oh, why, thank you. So how can people get a hold of you on that group? Like, how can people find that? Uh, the MCU crew should be exactly that. Uh, MCU crew, uh, C-R-E-W. Um, and it is private right now for me and my friends, but I'm certainly willing to you know, uh, open it up to uh, fans of the Marvelous that want to come by. If you want to uh, uh, go ahead and just say Peter and Eddie sent me, that'd be awesome. And I'll know you're a good egg and I'll let you into the group. We, we talk lots of, we try not to go too heavy in the spoilers because we don't want to ruin it for everyone, but there's certainly always a, a chance to talk about your fan theories. And we always have uh, pages up right away. Sometimes I, I even put up the, um, Multiverse of Madness and Thor ones up already uh, are spoiler pages, so uh, people could chime in on what they think is going to happen. Is that group on Facebook or? Yes, sir. All right, yeah, I'll definitely I'll give it a follow. Or yeah, I will I'll, I will, I'll, 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 uh, I'll even him. try to figure out a way to get a link, and I I will tag uh, somehow find a way to send it to Peter and Eddie's uh, account on Twitter, the Marvelous. Uh, I will Sounds try good. to find a way to send a link. Hold on, I'm gonna invite Matt. <laughs> Matt. All right. No, not not Matt with the P. Matt with the C. There we go. And I don't know if Eddie's in there. Eddie, you want to be in the group? Sure. I, I will send Eddie an invite if he doesn't have it. So. Perfect. All righty, gentlemen. Thank you for listening to me play with my phone for a minute. For the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Matt Cascone. I'm Ryan Michael Toon. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Phase out.